You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. God being God, you know, we serve a wonderful God. We serve a mighty God. Cain has no hold on God. But God condescended and said to him, Cain, why are you angry? That's canceling. Why are you angry? God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, comes to Cain and says, Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance falling? Can you imagine such love? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He's such a loving God. And then he didn't stop there. He said to him, you can do well. It's like a teacher giving you homework or test. You finish writing, you make some, you know, fundamental errors. And because of that, you score a zero. He calls you, tells you, okay, you know that this is where you missed it. Go and do well and bring back the question, the, your answer sheet. Everybody will be happy with that opportunity. Isn't, that's what they gave Kate. But Cain thought about it. What am I going to lose? Who do you think you are, Mr. Big God? You know, so he said, I propose what I'll do. I'll just kill my brother and end this competition. At least there are two of us, Abby. I'm coming second. If I kill him, I become number one. That's why the Bible says when we compare ourselves with ourselves, we are not wise. He thought it was against him, you know, between him and Abel. But he missed it completely. When the consequences came back, that was when it dawned on him. He should have listened to God. That's what spiritual people understand. They listen to God, like our sister said, from the beginning. Because sometimes you don't even know what it is. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know, the, the whole Bible, the whole word of God is, is the manual of a spiritual kingdom given to us to live in a physical world. You know, and that's why some people can live and disregard it. But there are consequences. But you live and follow it. There are blessings. A prophet meets a widow. Who is about to make a meal for last meal for herself and her son to eat and die? And the prophet says, Go and make for me first. Who does such a thing? It takes a spiritual person. It was not reasonable, it was not scientific, it was not logical, it was not rational, it was not anything. In fact, it was almost wicked. But you see, the foundation of our faith. It's founded on somebody suffering or taking a risk. Imagine Jesus going to the cross to die for us. Sinless. If God were looking for fairness, he wouldn't send Jesus to the cross. You see, love is not very reasonable. For God so loved the world, isn't it? Let the world solve their problem. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the holy son, the perfect son, the righteous son, the one who has never disobeyed. That it should perish so that we sinners, we rebellious ones, will receive forgiveness. And then in the process of it, we are not even serious. That's why Paul will say, we judge us that if one man died for all, then all died. That those who live what, should no longer want. Live for themselves, but live for the one. But those of us who are saved, how many times do we ask him, what do you think? Part of what we're learning tonight is just going spiritual, okay? You know, when I come down... And I pray. I have to pray and say, in Jesus' name. And then everybody will shout, amen. Then I'll say, in Jesus' And sometimes people say, say Jesus' name seven times. You know, all of that is not spiritual. When Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, it didn't mean that his name should replace full stop. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's okay for communication, for understanding. But our Lord Jesus is our example. Whatever Jesus, our Lord Jesus did on the earth, he did in the name of the Father, be? Now, how many times did you see him say, in the name of the Father? Get up. Get up, in the name of the Father. Is this a hard saying? You see, what we're saying is this. We're going from Cain now. And we said Cain was a natural man, operating and living in spite of God, disrespecting, disregarding God. Now, there's a level where you begin to live and you live in correspondence to God. Where you live knowing that God is the source. I think Paul talking says, every house is built by someone, isn't it? And the one who built the house is greater than it. The spiritual person knows that God made this world. That's the fundamental I want us to get. God made us. Now, he says, he knew my substance being yet unformed. 
You understand what I'm saying? And this God that made this world has not withdrawn. He's Alpha, He's Omega. He's the sole administrator of His world. God has a will for you every day. God has a will for me every day. God wants to be involved in our world. He has not stepped back and handed over to, you know, to whatever to run. There are systems in the world. There is their night, there are months, there are years, there are things that are happening. But God is still involved in His world. Now, the challenge of the spiritual person is to connect with that God because that God created us so that he can walk with us. In Genesis, the Bible says, when God came down in the cool of the day, what did he come down to do? Did he come to create again? No, he came to fellowship with Adam and Eve, but they began to hide. Ever since then, God is looking for those who are not hiding from him. For the Bible says, the father what? is seeking those that will do what? Worship in what? In spirit and in truth. That's what he's looking for. In another place, it says the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro upon the whole. He's searching for whose heart is what? Lawyer, God wants fellowship with you. God wants to walk together with you. God wants to be partners with you. God wants to go home with you. God wants to go to your work place with you. God wants to go to that your difficult husband with you. He wants to go to that your, you know, wonderful wife with you. God wants to be with you. Somebody is going through difficulties. You're in prison, you know, you're in Potiphar's prison. God wants to go to prison with you. You're going through whatever situation. God wants to go through that with you. That's what the spiritual man understands. And that's what we find in the book of Genesis. Because we'll find individual men and, you know, if they are women, who had a relationship with God in spite of what was happening in their world. Now, we are in a very religious time, which if you wanted to write about someone like Joseph today, now, they would not be telling us how he was loyal and faithful in the house of his master, Potiphar. They'll be telling us how he used to come to church early. Is someone getting what I'm saying? But that was not the testimony he had. Now, coming to church early is very good, but then your whole life, that's why the Bible talks about us presenting our bodies, what? A living sacrifice. So what I do here becomes an equipment for what I live every day. I'm saying that now. So going back to the name of Jesus means that in the course of my living for Jesus and the way he said to live, whatever I say becomes a prayer in his name. Pastor Chris, you send your staff on an errand to go and submit an application. When they go there, do they say in the name of service text, I bring this. Once they go to where you send them, with the document you send them, and meet the person you send them with, they just say, Mr. Okorafo, I brought this paper for you. Isn't it? When they receive it, who are they receiving from? Do they ask your name? It's not your name. They receive it from the authority that sent them. Provided the person went to where you sent them. Now, the name of Jesus is the authority, is the life, is his people. It means that what you say, what you do in line with following Jesus is a prayer in his name. Are you getting it? It's deeper than when you're now ready. Say, okay, let us now pray. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're going to see in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ because one of the things we see is that the Bible tells us in John chapter 1, a very important you know, verse, 14. It says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But the key word there is that the word became flesh. It says, any spirit, anyone that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. You know that scripture, you read it, if you've meditated on it before, you know that there are many false prophets who say, you know, who seem to, you know, correspond that Jesus has come in. But I believe what that scripture is saying is not just saying it, it's believing it and bringing it to the point where it is expected. So the word became flesh means that you, 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 you and I, the word also should what? Become flesh in us. There are some things that you mention to people, they say, no, that one is Jesus. When you say that, you're saying that it was not done in the flesh. Praise the Lord. And the word, everything you find in this Bible now, became flesh in Christ Jesus. And he's the captain, isn't he? He's the first fruit. He's the one that has gone ahead of us. It then means that in my life and in your life also, what should we expect? We should expect that the same word also what? Becomes flesh in us. The beauty of it is this. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. 
after righteousness for what? You see such a thing, you hold on to it. Say, okay, if Jesus, you know, fully lived the life of God here on earth, and I'm his child, then I should also what? Be able to live it fully. Now, what that does is that it takes it a bit, a notch higher for you, isn't it? And takes the standard high for you. But you see, no man is called to live this life in his own strength. Praise God. So the only thing that changes is that you have demand for more grace. Just like our sister was saying, if the same thing that used to provoke you before, now you now say to God, now Lord, you know that I cannot even react in this place. I have to be cool. I have to be sweet. I have to, you know, diffuse the fragrance of Christ, even in this extreme provocation. What you're doing now is that you're not lowering the standard. You're taking in more grace. Have we forgotten that the Bible says you and I have been crucified with Christ? Nevertheless, what? We live. Yet not us. So when we say it's not possible, we're saying it's not possible for Christ. But when we agree it's possible, we're saying, yes, Christ is possible. And that's why the Apostle Paul will be telling us, and he says, talking about his labor in the service of Christ. He said, I labored more, yet not I. Praise the Lord. So the spiritual person, you know, it's operating almost in a state of constancy, in alignment with God, separate from those who deny or ignore everything spiritual or everything otherworldly, or from the religious who just think it's a pattern and that taking, you know, feeders from whatever that is around. The spiritual person takes the word of God and downloads it and says, Jesus walked. That's the importance. That's why the Bible can say, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you look unto Jesus, you see what he did. You see how he did it. And then you say it's possible. In sports, um, Many years ago, I think I've asked this in church before. I think 1940, they had a world record for the sprinter. 100 meters race, which they called, um, I can't remember how many seconds. But it was like a record nobody could break. Now, towards the 80s, the likes of um, Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis came, break the record. Ben Johnson came, break the record. Now, what happened was this. As a record is set, people look at it and say, okay, it can be done not even broken it can be done because you see that a human being can do it in what 10 seconds before they said it was impossible if you google there's i think in that 10 seconds and no human being can do 100 meters under 10 seconds or one of those times but that time has been beating so well you know what because one person beat it another person trying to achieve what one person achieved beat it then another person beat it now the same way it is for you and i as christians looking unto jesus if we believe that the word became what? Flesh. As we look unto him, we look unto him, we look unto him, we look unto him, we see ourselves being transformed into the same image. How? From glory to glory. But you see, the challenge is this. If you don't look unto him, you won't also grow, which is where religion is. In religion, people don't look unto him. People look unto other things. People look to the expectations of men. People look to the demands of men. People look to the things that men create as criteria for measuring spirituality. Spirituality is not measured in, some, in a lot of those things. He said our Lord Jesus, while on earth, was the most spiritual person. Well, not while on earth, he's still. But our Lord Jesus, walking on the earth, was the most spiritual person ever to walk on earth. You know that. We know that now. He had the spirit without measure. So if there was anyone spiritual, he was the most spiritual. But you know what? Our Lord Jesus was not spooky. Now imagine the most anointed man in Nigeria if there was a, a church and office. If he comes in here, won't you know him? Apart from every other person. It's religion. Because Jesus could not be told apart. In him dwell the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Yeah, Jesus will be passing, children will run to him. Some people, they say they're passing, people will be falling on the left. How, falling from where? Who are they carrying? Are they carrying dynamite? Are you getting what I'm saying? Spirituality is not spookiness. It's not being eerie. And those are the things that confuse us. Praise God. The prayer of healing and the prayer that will bring miracles does not need drama. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, the book of John was careful to tell us called the miracles of our Lord Jesus, signs. And in John chapter 2, we have the first record, the turning of water into wine. Which the Bible says, verse 11 says, this beginning of signs, John 2, 11, did our Lord Jesus Christ do in Ken of Ghana. What was the format of that beginning of signs? 
The first format was this. Or first thing we'll pick from there. Is that there was no drama at all. He said to them, pour water. Water is what they normally pour. He said, pour water into those wine pots. Isn't it? They poured. Next thing he said, what? Pour it into the cup and take to the master of the feast. How normal is that? Isn't that normal? That's very normal. What I'm saying, I want you to go into 2020 expecting miracles every day. You don't have to vibrate and vibrate and vibrate and say, no, no, it's not necessary. You see, the anointing we are following, there is a need, there is a provision. Praise the Lord, somebody. So he said to them, pour it into the cup and take to the master of the feast. And they poured the water into the cup and started taking the water in the cup to the master of the feast. When the master of the feast, who needed the wine, drank the water, the water became wine. This beginning of science, no drama, say no drama. The reason a lot of us can't walk in faith is because we are looking for drama. We are not, we don't understand. Do you know what our world is? We understand now in our world, okay, that for a seed to grow, if you want mango seed to grow, you take a mango fruit, a mango seed or fruit, which one now? Mango seed, okay, the one you've eaten, and plant it, isn't it? And then you water it and you're patient, and then after about three years, four years, a mango tree brings forth and it begins to bring forth what? Now, that process to us is natural now because it has been declassified. Do you understand? It has been declassified. Now, for human beings, do you take a human being and bury and five children come up? You don't do that, have you? The human one is different, have you? Because of children, I'm not a biology teacher, let me know. So the human one is different. But we know how humans also do what? Do their own and fruit comes out of it. Now, that is the prerogative of God to decide how he operates in any circumstance. When it is declassified, we call it normal. But to the spiritual person, it's still normal once it's coming from the voice of God. So in that first miracle, the point I'm trying to make here is it? In that first miracle, there was no drama. It was until the master of the feast, and the Bible was careful to say the master of the feast did not know where this wine came from. He was amazed. And it was in his amazement that the servants knew that their water had become wine. Do you know that many times God uses you to work miracles you don't even know about? Adad told us that God used him to heal a classmate in 1972 or 73. He said she told him, you know, maybe in 2000. Do you know that prayer you prayed for me? You know, when we're in the university of Ibadan. Do you know God healed me? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's spiritual. It's our life. But you see, religious people have frightened us. You come to church, you hear the word of God, you step out, something happens, you, there's nothing wrong with calling pastor, but you have the spirit of God. Calling pastor is even a step of faith in some sense. Why are you shaking and afraid? What did you say when they gave you that news? When you heard that, what did you say? What was your immediate response? You're a spiritual person. Praise the Lord. God dwells in you. God lives in you. God wants to operate by you. We are conscious of another world. We are conscious that God controls our world. Thoughts come to you. Situations come to you. How do you respond immediately? Praise the Lord. So we find this as key for the spiritual person. Come with me to Isaiah 11. Let's look at that quickly before we continue on our Lord Jesus. So we have that as a pattern. Isaiah 11 verse 1. I read. It says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Three says, his delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. Now note here, he's talking about someone full of the Holy Ghost. Someone full of the Spirit. That's where we are going to, isn't it? That's what we want. And this is what he says about the person. This is the Spirit he had. He said, know the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon you. Say amen. The Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of what? understanding the spirit of cancer the spirit of might the spirit of knowledge 
and of the fear of the Lord. Now, all the Spirit coming upon you says what? What is it going to do to you? It's going to cause me and you to do what? To delight in the fear, in the reverence. Can you give me Amplified, please? Give us verse 3 and Amplified. Yes. When the Spirit comes, remember on Sunday we said lack of faith creates a problem. What problem does it create? It creates lack of understanding. One of the things the Spirit does is that it makes you quickly understand what heaven is doing, yes. And shall make him of quick understanding, yes. His delight shall be in the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord, yes. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Neither decide by the hearing of his... You see what the anointing is causing? It's not that you become loud. Very important. The anointing makes you obey. So you see somebody that is walking signs and his life is not obedient. Which spirit is he operating with? And notice there, he says he shall delight in the fear. He's not lamenting it. He's enjoying it. I told us there about Tom Sawyer. Be Tom Sawyer, that book. Those who read, who went to school in the 80s. Tom Sawyer was giving punishment to paint a fence. And he was painting the fence and was whistling and smiling. Fellow uh, friends who were not serving punishment came and paid Tom Sawyer to paint in turns. He made money from his punishment because he served with delight. You see some Christians there, you almost want to regret, you know, becoming born again. You understand? No, now, serving the Lord is a delight. The Bible says Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And it seemed as what? Nothing to him. Let us go and pray. It's not punishment. Even let us fast. It's not punishment. If it's fast unto the Lord, give is not punishment. It's a delight. Why? Because you understand. So, someone said and I agree. He said truly, on this side of eternity, there is no sacrifice for the kingdom. You know why there is no sacrifice? There is an investment. You will be rewarded. So why do you call it sacrifice? You'll be rewarded. Did the apostle Paul say, I'm sacrificing? No. He said, henceforth there is what? A crown reserved. He said, I can't wait to go. Not just for me, for, but for what? As many as love is appearing. So this is what the anointing does. This is what it does. It brings a reverential. So when you see people, one of the key things in false prophets, they might do all kinds of signs, but they will live dirty lives. Because the fear of the Lord is not there. Obedience to God is not there. It won't be there. So he says this spiritual person, what is he going to do? He said he will not judge by the sight of his eyes. This is where the simpleton or the secular is. Everything is by sight. But the spiritual person doesn't move by sight. Everything is by what they said. They don't move at that level. Because there is so much more to life. And the enemy can create all kinds of illusions. You know, still talking about the world and changing times and all of that. Aren't you humbled if you are mature enough now? Listen, I remember when I was driving the Mercedes-Benz wagon. Maybe 1990-something more that I can't remember. You know, in that car, I used to feel so cool. It was leather seat, tinted glass and all of that. I saw it a few months ago. I was ashamed. <laughs> Praise God. I was ashamed for myself. Don't you get it? You know, you see something. I say, so you mean this thing made me feel cool? Now, who tells you that the one that is making you feel cool now will not make you ashamed tomorrow? Anything you see, the things which are seen are what? Temporal. This spiritual person doesn't judge. By the seeing of the eyes. Not by the hearing of the ears. They ask God, what are you saying? Praise the Lord. They say, what are you saying? What are you saying? I saw a brother, you know, that was going to get married to somebody. And I saw the brother in the dream. And I saw the person that he looked like he was going to get married. And this person was so beautiful. And I woke up, I said, okay, so if I could actually see in the spirit, I would have known that this person was so in the flesh. I was not seeing that. You know, you don't know. We're just using ordinary eyes. Even Photoshop will confuse you. How many of us are on Facebook? Bring out your Facebook picture. Let's check with yourself. Some people, we can't tell them. You say, say, no, it cannot be you. No, be yourself. <laughs> I mean, I thank God I'm married. Those young men who are about to get married. In our days, they say marry in Hamatan so that you know a woman that is beautiful. Now, Hamatan won't even say, you have to watch. You say swimming pool. Say, take the lady swimming. 
Let her swim in a swimming pool. Let it wash off everything. Then when the lady stands up, you look well. <laughs> How can you judge by the sight of your eyes? And anything that is wearing or being worn on the head would have fallen off. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. So he says, no, by the hearing of his ears. He said, I heard it. You heard it. Uh-huh. What's the interpretation of what you heard? You heard it. They said it. Who said it? So what does a spiritual person, you know, move by? He ignores all these things and he goes like we're saying to the originator. To the one who has the right, who can see tomorrow today, who has the end from the beginning. He asked him, what should be my response? What should I say? What are you saying? Praise God. In that story of Cain, very interesting. Let me point out something that I hope I can do that quickly without wasting time. You notice something in that story, in Cain's story. In Cain's story, when God came and said to him, okay, from verse 9. The Lord said to Cain, he said, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And God said to him, what have you done? I'm in Genesis 4.10 now. What have you done? He says, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. 11 says something there. Let's read it together, everybody. He says, so now you're cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. It says, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield the strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on earth. Notice something there. 11. God didn't curse Cain. You know what God told Cain? God just told Cain, this is the consequences of the choice or the step you have taken. He said, now you are cursed from the earth. Why? Follow it. We say, why? Because the earth has opened its mouth. To receive your brother's blood from your hand. So where is the curse coming from? The curse is not coming from anybody. It's from the hand of Cain that his curse came. And the Spirit of God was saying, if Christians understand some of these things, a lot of things that they are being, you know, shaking about will go away. He said, now, now, the earth is going to respond to you this way. Why? Because your hand has given the earth what? The blood of your brother. The earth has received it. And the only thing the earth can do is give you what? In the measure you have given it. So many things we call curse of C-U-R-O-S-E. It's not a curse. It's a curse of C-A-U-S-E. You cost it. The people cost it. You understand what I'm saying? That curse comes in there now. But it's not, it's not something that is... Now, to Cain, it's sounding like his father. But they said, from your hand. You are the one that said to the earth, drink my brother's blood. And the earth drank it. And the earth said, okay, from now on. Anywhere you fugitive and vagabond means no home. Papa was a rolling stone. Eh? Everywhere he stepped, he said, go away from here. Go away from here. The whole earth started driving him away. And if he tilled the ground, it will give him what? Thorns. It's only a reaction. Which he could not foresee because he didn't have understanding. Because he was not spiritual. He thought that killing Abel solved the problem. But he didn't know that killing Abel will put Abel's blood on the earth. And the earth will ask him questions. The earth will respond to him differently. These are some of the things that are there. But the spiritual person sees beyond that. Praise God. The spiritual person sees consequences long before they manifest. They see also the benefits. They see the cause and effect of things. That's understanding. And that's what we are going to walk in in this year. We're going to walk in understanding. In the name of Jesus. Many years ago when you know my wife was starting her business. I told her, I said... You notice that a lot of private employers, what they do is that when the business is going well, they pay people their salaries. When maybe for three months, there are no sales, they'll tell the people, where am I going to pay you from? Where am I going to pay you? Did you make any money? But you forget that the people are not partners. Because when you made double money, you didn't pay them double salary. It makes sense on the surface because the people guilt won't even allow them to say anything. They'll say, truly, we didn't make any money. But you are being wicked because when they made more money, you traveled and went on vacation. You didn't increase their salary. 
But when there's no money, then you punish them with it. When you do that, you will afflict yourself. You may continue making money. But the cries, they cry in their heart to God. You will answer. That's what people don't understand. Do you know Paul was saying to the Corinthians? He said when you give, that part of the reward you get is the Christ-giving people give to God on your behalf. Not just that their problem is solved. When they say to God, Father, thank you. Baba, we thank you. He said it accounts to you. The same way the Bible also tells us that the laborer's wages, whom the rich have exploited and kept back, is also the one. It's crying out. It's a spiritual thing. I beg you, if you're a member of the Father, don't hold anybody's money. Don't hold back anybody's money. Is this thing that I finished teaching once? I told you one man came and did nonsense job for me and wanted to leave his money with me. I was pursuing him. I said, me, you want to set up. Hey, take carry go. Let the matter be in your own court. <laughs> because they will provoke you. Artisans, they will come and do You know, especially when they know you're spiritual. Huh? The more you know, the more, the higher you should uh, be tested. Okay, so these things are there. And the understanding of it, what it does is that it helps us navigate through life. So we see here that when someone comes and threatens you, you know, some people are still at the level where someone says, I will show you in this office. Wish them Happy New Year. Eh? The Bible says a curse costs less. Ah? It said like a fleeting sparrow dancing shakara. It said it cannot alight. That's scripture. So when some people begin to tell you that they tell some people that it's their grandfather that are going to their village to unearth something, they should ask them, say, if you cost something, go and uncost it. And the beauty of it is that in the faith now, ah, call upon the name of Jesus and you shall be saved. All those things are why you. Why do they need to go and dig out something from your father's village? The business is it in your father's village. The trouble, a curse costs less. Ah. If there is a curse, a curse, C-A-U-S-E. Repent of it now. Confess it. Praise God. Forsake it. Plead the blood. And then you're free. But the problem is that people will go and do all those dramatic things. But keep making the same choices. They are, you know, I've said it here. There are no generational curses. There are generational disobediences. People from particular families and particular areas, they disobey God in particular areas. And then the thing is running on a highway in their place and then they're calling curse. No, it is a C-A-U-S-E that is bringing the C-U-R-S-E. If you solve the C-A-U-S-E, it will go. Some people come from environments, you know, where they treat women somehow or they treat men. You know, check yourself. This is my background. And I do not like what is proceeding from here. So you commute your head for chain. Do you understand what I'm saying? Bring out your head from the chain. They say the people there don't marry. Ask why don't, don't they marry? At 18, they're pregnant. Decide that the man that will see you will be after wedding. Eh? Do you understand what I'm saying? Fake spiritual people are just making business with God's children. These things are not... We started by saying, our Lord Jesus demystifies spirituality. That's it. Just remember, in your moments of trial or anything that is... Remind yourself that Jesus was the most spiritual person that walked on earth. And the Bible says, the common people heard him gladly. Children ran to him. When he was to be betrayed, they couldn't tell him apart from his disciples. It meant he was just normal. He was just normal. So being spiritual does not mean that. Huh? They didn't say, when you go there, there's somebody there that sometimes he will receive vibes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No. You know, you see some people, I, I, you know, so someone is praying. You know, someone is praying. And you see that this person, obviously, is praying to impress you. Now, emotions and all that is natural. There's nothing wrong with them. But we must understand that God is a person. You see, God being a person wants you to seek him first. So if my emotions are channeled to God and then there's an outflow that is affecting you, there's nothing wrong with that. But when God is there waiting for me to turn the emotions to and I'm busy trying to impress all of you, God will just wait. When I finish talking to all of you, then if there's anything I have to say to him, he'll hear me. Let me show you a scripture that will help us understand this. In John chapter 11... John chapter 11, at the tomb of Lazarus, from 38, we can start from 38. At the tomb of Lazarus, something happened there. Our Lord Jesus has said, take me. Let's go and see where Lazarus was laid. 39, 
Jesus said, take away the stone. Mary, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stand for he has been dead four days. Forty. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you will believe, you'll see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. Just picture this scenario now. This is the most dramatic thing Jesus did. And said, Father, I thank you that what? You have what? When did he hear him? Before now, now. He didn't say thank you that you're hearing me. Now look at what he said. You'll get what I'm saying in 42. He says, 42, this is where I'm going. He says, and I know that you what? Always hear me. But because of these people who are standing by, I said it that they may believe you. That's the time he was his name. Lazarus! The next one now. Come forth. He explained it to us so that we don't think that everywhere a miracle has to happen. We have Debo said the discussion that has been well thoroughly discussed is with nothing they said. It means Jesus could have raised Lazarus with a whisper. It's spiritual. It's spiritual is connection. It's not drama. People love drama. You come to church, there's some sickness, some infirmity, and they say someone here will receive it. And the Spirit of God says it's you. But you will not receive it. Unless the pastor calls people. We used to do that before. Sometimes we'll see cockroach coming, you know, flying around. People want drama so that people are falling. How many places in Scripture did you see Jesus do that? Line up people. But the flesh likes it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't shortchange yourself. God is here. Praise the Lord. God is with you. The word comes, receive it. You're spiritual. You connect. How many of us before, there was a time, there was a time in Abuja, okay, it was days of 090, when we had 090. There was a time sometimes to get network, you have to wave the phone. You go to this window, wave it, see if it will catch the network that is passing. How many of us are waving their mobile phones now? <laughs> Do you understand? God is here. You don't need to wave it. It's not Motorola. You know, then some people will put hanger. Hang outside their house and connect wire. So that when they're indoors, they'll put it in and see if... They... We have not had that level now. For Christ in you is the hope. That hope is not... A, it's assurance of glory. It's that we will see it someday. Praise the Lord. So we want to go spiritual. He said, Father, you always what? Hear me. You always hear me. It's not yes and no. You are born again. Your name is there. The Holy Spirit has been given to you as a guarantee. Your words carry power. When you speak it, I expect it to happen. If it doesn't happen, know that you need to speak it the second time. Just know that God is the mighty one. He's the sole administrator of the universe. And don't play. That's what I was trying to say. You know, you can joke, you can laugh. You can do, but don't play with things that might create a dilution of your faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, no, don't joke with it. There are things that people will say to you. You know how as children those say, no matter how much somebody's playing with you, your father or mother is fight. Eh? You know, your mother is fight because there is no play at that level. There are some things that shouldn't be played also. So the moment they say reject it, even if you're not doing it openly or you withdraw, know that this discussion, you're not part of it. Praise the Lord. It's important because we're spiritual. It's a continuous life. It's flowing every moment. We are connecting to something that is beyond us, to the one who created the heavens and the earth. And he's walking. He said, my father, in another place, maybe I'll show you that. He said, my father walked and I walk. Let, let me show you another one, another interesting one. I think that is in John chapter 5 now. In John chapter 5, where he healed the man that had been infirm for 38 years. In that account, notice something that happened there. He came to where the pool of Bethesda. And the Bible says there lay there a great multitude of sick people. Okay? That's verse 3. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Our Lord Jesus Christ came in verse 6, says, He saw a man there who had been infirm 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man. Long story short, verse 8, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And what happened? Immediately, the man did what? Took up his bed, and walked. And that day was Sabbath. Now notice again, the only time people knew something happened 
was when they saw the man carrying his bed. What I'm trying to help us see tonight is that power does not need drama. So you can walk in it. You can expect it. You can speak it. Praise God. It becomes a natural, almost a natural, if I can use that word without, you know, being misunderstood. Our natural habitat. We are spiritual people. We are spirit beings. We are born again. We are being born of the spirit. Praise the Lord. We carry Jesus inside of us. Praise the Lord. So in this account, see what happened. It went on and on. Until the Jews started, you know, challenging him. Well, who do you think you are? Why did you do this? Verse 16 says, For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because they had done these things on the Sabbath. 17, Jesus answered them and said, My father has been what? Walking. And I do what? I'm following him. Okay. He went forward and said to them, he says, I judge nothing of my own. Whatever I see my father do, he says, that I do. That I do. I'm just connected. I'm connected to him. I'm yielded to him. I'm trusting him. So I make a declaration and I trust God will, you know, watch over it to bring it to fulfillment. I don't entertain what Jesus won't entertain. I don't fear what he shouldn't fear. It doesn't move me. I believe in him. Praise the Lord. I trust in him. And then I'm not too concerned about the crowd. Another one I'd wanted us to look, if we have time, is the account in John chapter 4 when he met the Samaritan woman. We see Jesus, the Bible says, was going to, to um, Jerusalem. But he said he had need to go through Samaria. And going through Samaria, he was hungry. And when they stopped for food, he was sitting by the well. And the woman came, who was a prostitute, you know. And um, the disciples were not there. Now imagine, this one really caught me because religion would have bound Jesus from ministering to that woman. Because what people will say, ah, ah, master, just you. Ah, nobody with you. Eh? Only you. <laughs> Do you understand? But at the end of that story, we see a whole city saved. Do you understand? We have to be sensitive. And from there, the food that they went to buy, he didn't eat again. That was where he told us, my meat, my salad, is to do the will of him who what? Sent me and to finish it. That's what he said. Spiritual people. When he saw that woman, heaven said to him, this is the key to this city. And immediately she became a priority. That's what I'm talking about. Being excited with what excites heaven. Immediately changing tune. He broke tradition. But we see the end of the story. The whole city. The men came running out. At the end of the day, everybody in the city was glad. So for us, what we are learning is, there is a world that we are being called to live in. The spiritual world. Where we, we are not held bound by traditions. You know, by what people say, by forms and formalities. Some people feel, I don't know how to pray. Who knows how to pray? Who knows how to pray? Is there a marking scheme for prayer? You know, that's what people think. Ah, this person can pray better than you. Which marking scheme did you, how did you mark it? You know, how do you measure it? It's communication between you and the, it's your life. Okay, let's ask a question. Who can breathe better here? Say, brother, so can breathe better than brother, so. Isn't it's like that's what we say when we say someone, you're breathing to sustain yourself. I'm breathing to sustain. Can you breathe for me? Can I breathe for you? So it's working for you. As long as you're alive, you're breathing as well. So the same thing it is with prayer. You depend on God. You connect with him. If all you can say is, Father, I need you. Father, I need you. Or Father, I love you. Whatever it is, start from there. If there is need to be more, they will lift you. But the main thing is that you know is your life. You know there is a word. Everybody who knows there is something will find a word reaching for it. That's what we are learning. There is a word out there. A spiritual word. Where God wants to connect. He wants to walk through you. To bring answers. To bring innovations. You walk in an office. Something is happening in the office. Everybody is confused. With what you are learning now. You tap into the spirit. Joseph said to Pharaoh. Interpretations belong to God. He didn't have an answer, but God had an answer. So he went and connected. It was the same thing that Daniel did. Daniel had never interpreted a dream. Praise God. But he understood what you're learning today. He's a spiritual being. So when the magicians could not bring an answer, 
And besides, they were going to kill him anyway. You know they were going to kill Daniel. Uh-huh. So if they were going to kill him at least, the best thing is I let him make an attempt. So he said to them, go and tell Pharaoh, an answer will come. Was he going to come from Daniel? No. He said to the three friends, let's go. Let's go into the spirit. Let's go and seek the Lord. That's what it should be. Situations come up, tell them, don't worry. You go, you come. Sometimes you come, you know. And the thing they told you to say is sounding foolish. Say it anyway. You know, I like some of those movies that somebody will come and finish making an address. And people are watching him like this. Then before you know it, one person does like this. One person just starts clapping. Everybody starts clapping. You say, you see, foolish has worked. <laughs> so you come and just do, have a, no be yourself now. You are not going to get the glory, Abby. So you won't also take the shame if it doesn't work. Except the glory was yours. Praise the Lord. So we want to press in and just be spiritual children and just walk in the light of this thing. Our Lord Jesus showed us the beauty. Some of the things I'm learning about him is not even so easy. If somebody said he had the greatest assignment on earth with a little less time and was never in a hurry. And while he was going for a meeting, he could stop and attend to other things. Going to raise Jairus' daughter. And the woman with the issue of blood comes. And then he stops and attends to her. Do you understand? Father, we thank you. Father, we somebody say thank you for the spiritual. Thank you for the spirit of understanding. The spirit of might. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of cancer. The spirit of knowledge. That's what has been given to us to operate. No matter what is happening in our time, we don't come down. Nehemiah said, I cannot come down. We don't come down. Rather, we go higher. The truth is that the challenges we face in life, they press on us. They test everything about us. But what do we do? We keep going higher. We keep pressing on. We want to press in because there is a place of serenity. There is a place where it works. There is a place of victory. There is a place of peace. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, in this world you will have tribulations. But in me, in me. He said, you have peace. There's a place I can press in. I don't understand the things that are happening. But there's a place of peace. There's a place of stability. There's a place of joy in every situation. The Apostle Paul says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. He was in prison. His feet were bound in fetters. He was in iron on his feet. In the middle of disappointment, you can count it all joy. The Bible says, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse trials and temptation, knowing that the trial of your faith, walk at pain, you, you, can, you can press in. You can go to the word of God and it will become flesh. You can be facing a so-called tomb for days. There are some of us that we have situations that have delayed and it's hopeless. But Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. You can tell the Lord, I'm not disappointed. I'm being set up for an appointment. You can tell the Lord, I will trust in you. I will wait on you. I will believe in you. You don't know how to fail. One of the songs we sang today said he has not failed us yet. And I'm saying he will never fail us. He's not in his character. He's not in his DNA. He's the mighty God. He's Alpha. He's Omega. God does not start without finishing. Everything he has started, he has already finished because his promises are yes and they are amen. He is our God. He is our King. He is everything to us. So we turn to him and we say, Lord, I want to follow you. You know, our Lord Jesus did not initiate his disciples. Have you ever noted that? He didn't call them and do an initiation. He said, follow me. Why did he say to them, follow me? So that they can learn the robes of walking in the spirit. Every day, there was a miracle that was to be performed to feed the multitude. He took bread up and said, Father, I thank you. And he distributed it. And that's how the bread multiplied. They didn't tell us there's a formula. He just said, Father, I thank you. Why? Because he understood where he came from. He came from the realm of God. He came from the realm of possibilities. And he taught us saying, for with God, all things are possible. Tonight, I want you to settle it. And for this year, Lord, I will trust in you. I will believe in you. I will press into the spirit. I will follow you. I will bring the spiritual life down. I will live it every day. I will live it every day. Lord, help me, O oh Lord. Help me, Lord, to walk in your footsteps. Let the word that I read, let the word that I hear, let them become flesh. Let me pray every day. 
Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. The psalmist David said, I pray in the morning, I pray in the noon, I pray in the evening, and I pray in the night. We can pray at all times. We can be thankful at all times. We can rejoice in all moments. It becomes a lifestyle. We become fire. We are just burning everywhere. We are blazing. Everywhere we pass, we are diffusing the fragrance of Christ. We become God's answer to our world. That's what he's saying. Difficulties meet us and they melt. Challenges meet us and they move. Mountains meet us and they go. Why? Because our God is mighty. Our God is mighty. Our God is mighty. The songwriter says, who will deliver? He says, the mighty God will save. That is the God we, we have him behind us. We have him influencing us. We have him directing us. We have him encouraging us. We have him saying to us, I have finished. He said, look to him. Look to him. Look to him. The Bible says, they look to him and their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed. Father, our eyes are lifted to you. We bless you, our King and our God. We worship him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Thank him as you receive grace to be spiritual, to press into the spirit, to be an answer, to be a power-filled believer. You don't have to become spooky. You don't have to become eerie. No. You're just spiritual. You're just walking in power, walking in love, walking in stability, walking in constancy, walking in faithfulness, being a channel through which the wisdom of God flows. Being a channel through which the power of God flows. Being a channel through which the counsel of God flows. Bringing encouragement. Bringing light to dark situations. Ministering to the woman at the well. To the man everywhere you are. You just carry Jesus. Father we thank you. Lord we thank you. Lord we bless you. We appreciate you. Lord we bless you. Lord we bless you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 0703 15 You can find us online at www. Dot the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.